Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast, your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin. And joining us today is a man who hates Michigan more than Jim Harbaugh hates Indianapolis, a man who hates Michigan more than Michigan fans hate reality. Joining us today is, is TJ, one of the former, he's been on the podcast before, the longtime listeners know him. Uh, we, we brought him back on today as a special guest to, to make the picks for the Michigan game that's coming up here on Saturday. Uh, we'll start with you, TJ, as you're the guest. Uh, how are we doing today? It's a Thursday morning as we're recording this. I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm off work for the whole weekend as of yesterday afternoon, so I've got a few days to just marinate in the feelings of this rivalry and get amped for the game on Saturday and I'm excited to make some picks and Scott I'm jealous of TJ's uh he's got like a like a sultry smooth namaste voice he's bringing to the podcast I love it um yeah I'm excited too it's uh obviously a big week we've been talking about it all week I'm excited to have TJ on TJ is one of the founding four of the original what started as standing room sports at the time. We were a bit ambitious at the time. We thought we'd do some Spartan stuff, some Detroit sports stuff, some NFL draft stuff, and uh, came to realize that there's a lot to talk about and write about if you pick, you know, a dozen different that subjects. Was what, like so we narrowed our focus. Ago now. It, was it? No. We weren't, we were out of college. So it was, yeah, five or six years, but um yeah, exciting. We've come a long way. We've narrowed our focus. It's great, but um, works for us because TJ uh, lived with us in college um, at Michigan State. So he's he's part of the original band here, and uh, and we go way back. So excited to have TJ. Kevin, I'm excited for this one. Just so the listeners know, um, I'm now winning uh, in our picks. Unfortunately, we, we stiffed the fans again last week, maybe even the week before we basically lost it with the fans. So if you were, if you were one of the few keeping track of the fans record here on the season, uh, well, we're sorry, but you kind of, you're kind of getting left behind. Uh, I'm going to put it on Kevin just because I can, and I'm talking right now. Um, but I'm up by two points, 33 to 31. It's been a couple weeks since we recorded a picks episode since then, um i've taken a small lead i promised i would and here we are so hopefully i'll keep that up this week um that's all i got for now 
Yeah, last week we didn't have the picks episode. We just put them out on Twitter. Just it was the bye week. We each had other stuff planned. We couldn't really figure something out. Um, and I'm sure as there wasn't a Michigan State game to pick, hopefully the people weren't too uh distraught without the the picks there. But yeah, Scott has taken the edge after I got an early lead out this season. It's been slowly dwindled away. And uh, here I am back a couple games. We'll see if we can make that up today. And uh, yeah, TJ will have the honor of acting as the the fan vote here today uh, for uh, a pretty good slate. Even obviously the Michigan-Michigan State game is the highlighter, uh, not only for us, but nationally. But lots of good games on the schedule this week. Um, it's, it's going to be a fun one. Obviously we're kicking this thing off at noon and I couldn't be more excited to sit down and watch. Do you guys got any plans for the games? Uh, make it through. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. Obviously I'll be at home. Uh, I thought about going to, I'm, I'm near New York city and there's a, there's a New York, uh, Spartans bar blondies up on the upper West side, thought about making the trip, but figured my emotional state might be a little bit unhinged during the game. And I should pick maybe a calmer game to, to be in public. So we're going to hang out at home. We're going to make some chili, obviously going to crack some cold ones and, uh, and just enjoy ourselves. Last year, I did the same thing. I stood up and paced the whole game. I don't expect anything different this year. So just uh, excited and, and trying to make it to, uh, to the finish line. Yeah, I'll be I'll be watching it at home, well, home away from home myself too. heading up north for the weekend. Um, so get a calm, relaxing environment vibe going just in time to tear that all to shreds once game time hits. So trying to stay calm, but we know it's a losing battle. Yeah, it's it's one of those where as as time keeps creeping closer and closer, this week has felt like it's lasted in eternity. And the closer it gets, the more you know, at the beginning of the week, it was, I feel really good about this one. I think we got them this year and you're not really too nervous. And then as time creeps on and creeps on, you know, you're still feeling confident, but that, that little birdie in the back of your head starts chiming in about what if, and it starts getting really worrisome, especially as you hop on the, the little birdie app that uh, you see a lot of Michigan fans sharing there. I think Michigan fans will, will, you know, we'll try to keep this tight. I think they are terrified right now from what I've gathered from talking to people from reading because I, the, the real telltale telltale sign is how much Michigan fans have been tweeting about Mel Tucker to LSU. I think they are desperate for Mel Tucker to leave. Imagine a situation where Mark D'Antonio comes in controls the rivalry for basically his whole tenure until right up till the end. And then Mel Tucker comes in. We have this transition phase. They've got their coach in place. It's their guy. And then he starts off his career two and zero against Michigan. I just can't imagine the mental state that that would put that program in. Uh, and I am here for well, it. We lost Kevin. Oh, he's back. <laughs> uh Oh, Kevin, we lost, but I think we got the gist. Michigan fans are terrified. They got their dude in place and, uh, and Mel Tucker's coming in to, uh, to steal the show again. So hopefully that is the case. We are going to use for our picks today, the latest, um, the latest lines on DraftKings sports.
Well, we lost him again, folks. So TJ and I are going to dive into that. I, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I lost you guys for a second. DraftKings decks about what to chat about here. So dive in, Kevin. Okay. Uh, hopefully everybody can hear me now. Uh, we, we lost some service there. But a, a very important message here from DraftKings. Want to make sure that this comes through crystal clear because it's another week. It's another opportunity for college football fans and for NFL fans to bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Customers, new customers, I should say, can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's just that simple. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are an incredibly proud member. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we got it all, Kevin. That was perfect. Again, sorry for our technical difficulties. Uh, for whatever reason this week, I think it's just the excitement. It's hard to bring this much excitement through the the Wi-Fi waves. So uh, we get plugged up a little bit this week. But uh, we're going to keep rolling right into the picks here. And again, TJ, our guest picker, is going to be our fan representative today. So we, uh, as always, we're going to keep Michigan State for the end. It is a noon game. We typically start with noon games, but uh, but we're going to save that one. So there's one other noon game, another Big Ten rivalry, uh, and an interesting line here. So we've got number nine, Iowa. They've had two weeks after their uh, disappointing loss to Purdue to sit on this one and plan for their rival, Wisconsin, to head up to Camp Randall. The line after Wisconsin won three straight, looking like the maybe the Wisconsin of old, is sitting at Wisconsin minus three and a half. Unranked Wisconsin minus three and a half over number nine Iowa uh, in Camp Randall. This one's at noon on ESPN. TJ, I'm going to start with you, um, give you the honors here as our guest. So who you got against that three and a half point spread this week? Yeah, this is an interesting spread here. Like you mentioned with Wisconsin being unranked, Iowa obviously coming off quite a crushing loss, but coming off of a bye week as well. I just, I don't think Graham Mertz has it in him against this Iowa defense. Um, I don't think this is a high scoring game. I think the number is like 37. I think that probably goes under, but I think Iowa's going to cover this and probably end up coming out with a, a close victory. All right, this I like it. Kevin, what you got? This one for me screams like nine to 11, you know, just this weird, uncomfortable football game, I guess for, for you guys, for the fans at home, like, just think about this question for a second when you're making the pick, like, what's the difference between Iowa and Wisconsin right now? I think they're the exact same football team. Uh, the only problem with Iowa right now is their corners are hurt and Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball. I think they threw the ball eight times last week, so I don't think it really matters. Uh, in that case, give me Iowa to cover a short spread. 
I don't know really who wins this game, but I think it it comes down to a field goal game either way. So I'll take the points with Iowa uh, on the road. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Iowa's got a hell of a defense that didn't go anywhere. Purdue, I think, put up 24, 27 points, um, which for Purdue is is not a great day. And and that was Iowa's worst game of the year on defense. Um, I agree. I think this is going to be real low scoring. Uh, the fact that all three of us are saying that probably means it'll end up being like 52 to, to 45 or something. But uh, in any case, I like the Hawkeyes as well. I think having two weeks to prep for this on a kind of an angry mentality after that loss. And, and I mean, they can, with Wisconsin coming back up, they can kind of put their foot down on, on the big 10 West here and put themselves in the driver's seat. I think they get it done uh, probably straight up, definitely against the spread. So all three of us, on the Hawkeyes. Uh, we'll see. Camp Randall's a hard place to win, though, especially in a rivalry game. Not so as much in be... noon games, though, I feel like. They're, they're not quite as raucous early in the day. You got to get that's them fair. juiced up a little. You got to give them a few more hours. Especially, that's 11 a.m. in Wisconsin. That's uh, uh, We've never had to experience that as an East Coast, uh, Eastern time zone fans. We never had the morning game, but those central timers can get a morning game here and there, and uh That'd be tough. You'd have to rally. I mean, it is a it is a rivalry game, but uh, but I mean that's like a four a.m. wake up. So moving out of the noon slot here, we're going down to the SEC for another rivalry game. Big weekend of rivalries. Um, this one involving the number one team in the country, by far the best defense in the country. I was looking at Georgia's defensive stats. They're down below an average of a touchdown allowed per game. They're at like six point six points allowed per game which is, I mean, that's a generational, if it keeps up, that's a generational defense. They're bringing it down to the swamp to face unranked Florida. This one's at three 30 on CBS neutral site. And it's uh, it? Jacksonville. Yeah. They always play this one in, in Jacksonville. I think it is. It's one of those, it's like the Texas, Oklahoma game. They do like the 50, 50 crowd split. It's like the world's largest outdale outdoor cocktail party. I think it's called. That sounds about right. Well, that's why I'm the co-host and Kevin's the host, because he actually does his research and I don't. But neutral site uh, at 3.30 on CBS. Florida's technically the home team for what it's worth. Um, and the line right now on DraftKings, again, this is Thursday morning, so it's around a little bit by the time you're listening to this. But right now, as we speak, it is Georgia minus 14. Again, the number one team in the country at the rivalry game. Uh, Florida's got a little bit of a quarterback controversy week in and week out. So that could play into it here. So Kevin, I'll start off with you on this one. Uh, who you got down there in Jacksonville? If, if research is just watching an obsessive amount of college football over the last 27 years of my life, then I guess you could say I'm well-researched. Uh, no, Florida, I think it, I, I took Kentucky against the points against Georgia and they just snuck in the back door. They went on. They, they were down like three touchdowns or whatever, more than three touchdowns. And they went on like a 17 play 11 minute drive to punch in a touchdown with like 30 seconds left to cover the spread and still lose by like three touchdowns. It was, it was an absolutely epic cover. Um, I don't think Florida's going to do it in that fashion here, but I, I just think at some point Georgia is going to slip up a little bit. I, I think, somebody's going to find a way to score a couple points against that defense. All you need is like 17, 20 points to cover this spread. I mean, you're not asking for too much here. And I think Florida's going to unleash Anthony Richardson, who is their backup quarterback. He's like 6'4", 240, runs probably a 4'4", and has a cannon for an arm. 
Really, the only reason he hasn't got in yet is they say he hasn't really learned the playbook. But when you have that special of a talent, uh, you have to go to him. I think Florida goes to him. I think they cover the spread. I, I have a hard time seeing him winning this game. But a rivalry game, you're giving me two touchdowns. And I think Georgia's due for a little bit of a slip up. Maybe not a loss, but at least a slip up. Give me Florida to keep it within two scores. All right, going against the number one team. We'll see how that works out. TJ, I'll kick it over to you. Uh, who you got in this one? Yeah, I think I'm on the exact opposite side of the feelings on this one. I just don't, Georgia's defense is just too much. I don't think Florida's really shown enough to, to show me that they can keep up with Georgia. I mean, you look at some common opponents that they have. Florida loses to Kentucky by a touchdown. Georgia blows them out of the water by 17. Georgia beats Auburn by 24, Arkansas by 37. I just think they're too overwhelming for Florida, regardless of talented quarterbacks. I think Georgia covers this one easily. Right. So we got split here, I guess, on the uh, the tiebreaker. Uh, last week, I took Georgia to cover a heavy spread over Kentucky. They did not. They won by 17. Still a great win. And Kevin, I think if we go back to your pick, you would have been spot on. Uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, the last picks episode we recorded. I said I thought they'd cover. That line was like 24 or something, uh, something insane. This one's a little narrower at 14. I still like Georgia to get it done. Um, it's just, I just don't want to go against this defense at the end of the day. Florida's got question marks at quarterback. I do think Anthony Richardson's great, but do I think a true freshman is going to unlock this Georgia defense for the first time this season? Not really. Uh, I think Georgia covers this one again it's two touchdowns it's going to be close um to that number i think but i think georgia does just enough on defense to keep florida at bay and uh and continues sherman's march to the sec championship <laughs> you're on I'm, that all year well i think i gotta call it kirby's march right because it's 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 kirby smart so kirby's march to the championship uh it keeps rolling so we're gonna head to the night game slots now keeping it in the SEC at seven o'clock. The other, the only non big 10 ranked on ranked matchup this week, number 10, Ole Miss. They've been kind of all over the place this season so far traveling to number 18, Auburn, who uh, has also been hit or miss in big games so far. lost to Penn state earlier. So this one you're given Auburn, the three point home field advantage. It's Auburn minus three right now against a, a strong Ole Miss offense so uh, I think I started with Kevin last time we're going to throw it back to our guest TJ I'll let you start this one where, where are you going yeah this is a tough one they're both kind of wild cards to a degree it, Ole Miss is trying to be a top 10 team um, they've shown some good things but I'm just not quite a believer yet they obviously lost to Alabama by three scores and Auburn's the same thing they they went to Penn State and put up a fight but but couldn't pull it off. And then they've shown some good things in other games against Arkansas and, and what have you. I think in the end, Bo Nix is going to have a good game. Auburn's going to get it together and they're going to cover this one. Um, but I could see Matt Corral going off and, and really uh, bringing it all together at Jordan Hare stadium. But in the end, I'm going to go with Auburn to cover this. I'll go with the Lee Corso. Good pick. Uh, <laughs> I like Auburn. I they're coming off a bye which I think is huge for them. I, I don't love trusting Bo Nix for literally anything, but 
home team coming off the bye. I old miss doesn't have the defense to stop anybody. Um, Auburn's only lost two games this year. One was on the road at Penn state early in the year when Penn state was healthy. And then against Georgia at a team that everybody's lost to so far. So they they've beaten a couple good teams. They've beaten a couple good teams on the road. Uh, I like Auburn to, to cover this spread here. I don't feel great about it just because Bo Nix is so unpredictable, but um, I, I just don't know what to feel about Ole Miss, and I know that defense is bad. So so give me Auburn. All right, so I have – I guess I'll be the contrarian here. Not so fast, gentlemen. Um, they're similar teams, like TJ was saying. They're, they both had ups and downs. They both – their offenses can go off any given week. Their defenses can struggle any given week. From what I've seen, I thought Ole Miss was a little bit stronger in their big games than, than uh, Auburn so far. You mentioned, you guys mentioned they both have losses against great teams. One Georgia, one Alabama. Uh, Auburn also has loss against Penn State. Um, against Arkansas. So similar schedules so far. But from what I've seen, I thought Ole Miss was a little bit more competitive, just barely in the games that they've lost and have looked a little bit stronger in the games that they've won. So this one's honestly, it's a coin flip for me, Ridley, but I think Ole Miss does enough to get it done. Could be like a push, a three-point spread. You know, it's it's always an awkward spread in a close game, but I think they cover the three points and get out of Jordan-Hare uh, with a win. So, um, uh, all right, back into the Big Ten the night game, the game that should have been Michigan state and Michigan um, in the late slot on ABC, seven 30 on ABC, number 20, Penn state ruining ESPN's plans for ratings and, and having the best game of the night. Uh, after that terrible loss to Illinois, they got all kinds of distractions with James Franklin's wishy-washy denials and likely going out the door, hiring new agents, all kinds of stuff going on. I'm sure that's in the locker room playing into this one, traveling to the horseshoe, to play number five Ohio State, who looks like the Ohio State of old. C.J. Stroud is right back in uh, Heisman contention. He's looking like the best quarterback in uh, the conference. Um, they've obviously got their receivers in a great defense. So the line right now, though, is Ohio State by 18 and a half. Huge line traditionally for this game. Um, Penn State coming off a loss. Is that going to make them angry or is that going to make them weaker? Um, Kevin, I'll let you kick this one off. This is a tough line. What do you think? I don't, I don't feel good about it just because I, like you said, man, Penn state, James Franklin, they've always seemed able to get up for this game. And I just, that's a lot of damn points. And the, the problem for me and the reason I'm going with Ohio state is we can talk about the offense, but it, it what it comes down to is I don't think Sean Clifford is healthy. I it just looks like something's still off there. I know he was banged up a couple weeks ago and the, the game last week against Illinois. I, I just think they saw what they saw with their backup quarterback and were like a 60% Sean Clifford even is better than, than what we have in the backup. And I don't think a 60% Sean Clifford is going to survive this game. Ohio state has 12 guys with at least one sack this year. That defensive line is nasty. Their linebackers are are pretty nasty. And the, the defense in general is starting to come together early in the year was struggling. They haven't played good offenses. I'll, I'll be the first to acknowledge that since they've played Oregon, but it seems like they've kind of figured out the schematic issues. So I think Ohio state walks off the bus and scores 35, 40 points. Uh, so it's a matter of can Penn state score 
17, 20 points. And I just don't think they can. So, so give me Ohio state to cover a big number here in a game. That's, that's traditionally pretty close over the last five, six, seven years. All right. So you're taking the big win for, uh, for the Buckeyes, TJ, what do you think? Yeah, this is obviously a, a really tough number for such a, what is usually a, an even matchup between these two teams, but you mentioned it in, in kind of, in here Penn State has so many question marks right now is James Franklin committed to this team his press conference would suggest otherwise or is he going somewhere else is Sean Clifford healthy even if he is I'm not sure this offense has enough talent and enough juice to to keep up with Ohio State here and like Kevin mentioned their Ohio State's defense is coming around and they are just absolutely walloping their most recent opponents so I don't think Penn State's offense has the juice to keep up with Ohio State here, and I think Ohio State covers this number. All right. So, oh, yeah, this one's tough. I mean, if you think Penn State's going to be in the teens, then, um, you know, the mid-teens, Penn, uh, Ohio State's got to get up into the high, mid to high 30s, um, and I think they have what it takes to do that. I mean, we've seen it even against good offense or good defenses when Ohio State comes in the building, and you're like, you know, is this going to be like, uh, are they going to hit 31, 35, and then they end up putting up 56? I don't know if they'll get that high, but I do think they, in the end, comfortably cover this one. I think maybe it stays close in the first half just on energy and emotion, but by the end of the game, this Ohio State offense is just going to wear out this Penn State defense. I think the Penn State defense is going to be on the field a lot. Uh, you guys mentioned that Sean Clifford looks questionable lately. Their running game has not been what Penn state's running game traditionally is this year. And I just think, you know, you can have a motivating loss and you can have, you know, a loss that really takes the wind out of your sails. And I don't think that Illinois loss last week was what I would call a motivating one. You know, it was a, it was a bad team, no offense to Illinois. And it was a brutal way to lose at home. It's just, it's not the type of loss that, that kind of lights a, an extra fire internally. Maybe I could be wrong on that. And that comes down to coaching and mentality, but I just don't see them coming out looking like a new team after that loss, especially against Ohio state in the shoe. I think Ohio state covers this one pretty comfortably. So we're all on the Buckeyes here. Uh, Keep an eye on that. That usually means it's going to be the other team. So um, all right, that brings us to the game of the week. We tried to leave ourselves a little bit of time to get into this one. We probably didn't, which means it'll just be a long episode, but that's fine. Um, hopefully those who are listening are enjoying it and, uh, we'll keep it rolling. So, I mean, I, I feel like an introduction is, is kind of redundant at this point, but, uh, just to keep things smooth, number six, Michigan comes into the woodshed Spartan stadium to play number eight, Michigan state, our Spartans. Um, this one's going to be at noon, highly <laughs> covered, that uh, it was an interesting decision to put it in the noon slot. I'm sure the MSU administration is is fine with that. It's going to be on Fox. Fox will be in town. ESPN will be in town with game day. Barstool will be in town. All kinds of other smaller uh, radio shows, podcasts, everything else are going to be in town. The eyes are going to be on this game. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be, before we get into this one, guys, I want to ask, is this the biggest game at Spartan Stadium in our lifetime? the like overall any game included the biggest not not just michigan games like the the biggest take that however you want most hyped most important um is this the biggest game at spartan stadium in our life um 
I mean, it's got to be right up there. Like off the top of my head, there's been there's been other Michigan games. There was that Oregon home game non-conference in 2015 was massive. Just the excitement around it coming off of that Cotton Bowl. We started preseason top five. It was a top seven matchup, I think, early on in that year when everybody was still really juiced up. Um I, I'm trying to think of a game that came into because there there were other games. Obviously, you you have little giants and you have a lot of you know. In hindsight, they they were very well remembered. But I, as far as a game that coming into it had this much hype, this much expectation, I, I really can't think of one off the top of my head that that compares to this one. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. You mentioned that, that Oregon game from 2015. That's the only other one that um, sort of I can think of that had so much anticipation around it. But when you think about the implications of the outcome of the game, I don't think there's really any comparison between that Oregon game and this one. We're both coming into this game top 10 ranked for the first time since 64 or whatever it is. And the the winner continues their march toward Ohio State and a, a hopeful Big Ten championship berth. And the loser kind of has to sit back and, and watch it all happen after this. So I think the implications of this are massive. Mel Tucker trying to, just, I think, start as the first MSU coach to start 2-0 against Michigan ever, if, I, if I'm remembering what I read correctly. And all sorts of recruits on campus, all sort, first time having fans in the seat in the seats for this game in two years. And it's just the anticipation around this is crazy. And I think it's the biggest game at Spartan stadium in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, I agree. I was hoping you guys would, uh, would be with me on that one. I think in, in TJ, what you mentioned, like having fans for the first time, Mel Tucker's first home game in front of fans in this rivalry. This is the first time it's been in Spartan stadium at all since uh, 2018. And that was a game uh, to forget. So it's uh yeah it's it it feels like kind of um, a reintroduction to this rivalry right with all the pageantry you'd expect and I mean the way that these teams have been playing only tees it up to be a generational uh, matchup I hope it's a good game honestly even if Michigan State like a Michigan State blowout would be great but honestly like a close win for the Spartans would be I think the perfect result here. Uh, just in terms of what what this game's teeing up to and what I hope it becomes. So let's get into the picks here. Um, and feel free to add a little bit of dialogue on this one. Uh, it is the game of the week. It's probably our game of the year. So to put a quick um, stamp on it too, like the the cheapest tickets I'm seeing online right now are like just about 250, over 250 bucks when you include the fees. So just just to really clarify, like this is massive. Just to get nosebleed tickets, you're paying 250, 260 bucks for this one. Yeah, I wish I could be there. I'd pay it in a heartbeat if I was in the state. I'm not going to be. Uh, we mentioned I'm going to have a perfect, a prime seat on my couch. I probably won't be in it too much. I hope the fans aren't in their seats too much. Hopefully they'll be on their feet for this whole game. It's going to be a crazy environment. So uh, the line right now on DraftKings Thursday morning is Michigan minus four. Uh, we talked about this a little bit surprising. If you consider the home team usually gets about three points, that's Michigan as a touchdown favorite um, on a neutral site, you know, and uh, I think I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. Michigan maybe has, now that Wisconsin looks a little better, maybe has the best win of the year uh, of these two teams um, beating Wisconsin, but 
but both teams look pretty similar. TJ, I know we were texting about this earlier in the week about, you know, how when you put put it on paper, it's really hard to find a touchdown difference between these two teams. Maybe it's just brand and hype and the fact that Michigan betters maybe put a little bit more money on, on games. So they're they're playing into that. But TJ, what do you see in this line? And, uh, and what do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Yeah, this is a, a bit of a confusing line for me. Um, I think Kevin's mentioned this a couple times on on the radio show you guys were on and the last couple episodes of this. I think where, where it was before the Northwestern Michigan game at, at Michigan minus two was fair. Um, I think that's two points either way is kind of where I saw this starting off. And then it jumped up to four and was even at four and a half at one point. And I just, I'm not quite sure how there's more than a touchdown difference in either of these teams here, neutral site, I think it'd be, you know, a two, three point spread. So jumping up to four, almost five, I don't quite understand it. Um, I think ultimately what's going to happen. I think we get off. I would like to see us get off to an early lead. And then I don't see Michigan's offense being able to keep pace. If we can find a couple explosive plays, Um, I'd love to see us come out, um, win the toss and get the ball first and start setting the tone on offense rather than deferring. Um, whether or not that happens, we'll see. But ultimately, I think uh, MSU does cover the spread and will win outright. Um, I have my own money on that, bet, put my money where my mouth is, because that's what I think is going to happen. Um, and hopefully it does come Saturday and we're happy around 4, 4.30 in the afternoon and, and on cloud nine due to the result of this game. All right, TJ, give us a score prediction. We always do a score for Michigan State as well. We won't hold you to the score. We'll only hold you to the pick. But if you have I to will put a definitely score on hold it. you to the score. <laughs> I think it is going to be a close one. Um, even if we do get off to a an early lead, uh, Michigan's going to battle back and, and try to narrow it up. I think it's going to be something around where, basically where it always is almost every year. I think it's going to be something like 27-24 MSU. So going to be a close one, hard-fought battle. Um, there's going to be, it's going to be determined by a few big, big plays, whether those are turnovers that are going to be costly or a a long touchdown or special teams play. It's going to come down to a few key plays throughout the game that are going to be the difference, but I'd say about 27-24 MSU. All right, there's one pick for for the Spartans. I can't say I'm surprised. We all love the Spartans, and I think if you listened to our appearance on 990 WBOB earlier this week, I think you know where this is headed. We'll probably all be in a similar boat, but Kevin, what do you see in this one? Yeah. So, so two things real quick, because, you know, Scott and I, we've talked so much about this game, I feel like, and and you guys kind of know the, the breakdown stuff. So I want to get into a couple other quick things related to this game. Uh, number one, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it because by the time this is released, uh, it will have our, we will know by then, but quick thoughts on if, there are any just any alternate jerseys what do you guys feel i'm i'm really in the camp that i hope we go with the all green with those like black socks black cleats i think that is such a good look especially for big games like this one i like keeping it pretty simple with something like that i i don't want to do any kind of neon crap i i'm just i sound like an old man yelling at the clouds with that but i don't think i i'm not a hundred percent against neon in general, but against Michigan, I think is a game where you want to keep it simple. Does anybody disagree with me there? Mm, 
no, I wholeheartedly agree. I think they've kind of teased the neon a little bit on social media. And I hope all that is is a tease uh, because this is not the game that you go for something flashy. You got to go classic, simple. All greens is good. Uh, honestly, any variation of our normal uniforms I'm fine with, um, but the all greens would be great. Um, you go with neon for a team like we did a couple of years ago at Western Michigan or Western Kentucky, where their offense is all about flash. Like that would have been the game to go with neon. And I don't think this is the one we got to go. Yeah. I was in the same boat at the start of the week. I said, all greens, you know, classic green helmet and the, the green pants, the whole, the works here. Um, and then they started teasing stuff and maybe I'm falling into a trap here. I, I agree with what you guys said. I think this game is a game where you stick to a tough classic look. We had the pro combat jerseys in 2011 or 2010. Um, and those worked. I think they, they had a tougher look, right? Like a bronze with the traditional green and, and white trim. Like it wasn't too much of a departure and they looked tough. They looked gritty. If they go with something neon, like you guys said, like this isn't a game where you're trying to be Oregon. You're not trying to be flashy. You're not trying to, you know, look like you want to be on the cover of a magazine. You you want to look like you're ready to, you know, pound the ball down the other team's throat and, and put your, your foot on them. And I think you got to go with the classic pound green pound look. Um, I think maybe we'll find out. Like Kevin said, we're recording this Thursday morning. By Thursday at noon, we're going to know. Uh, and it might just be a giant tease. But if we come out in something neon, I mean, then you really got to back it up. You can't come out in a jersey <laughs> like that and lose. You're just going to, it's, it's, uh, you'd be a laughing stock. You give them even more uh, on the other side of the rivalry to, uh, to, to hold in our face. And I just, I don't see us setting ourselves up like that. I think it's got to be a classic look, but we'll see. It's a new tenure with, uh, with Mel Tucker. Recruits apparently like the neon, they like the flash. There's going to be a lot of high profile recruits at the game, watching the game. You never know. But I do think this uh, this coaching staff and this this staff in general has been pretty in tune with the fan base. And uh, and I think right when we started talking about uniforms for this one, pretty unanimously, um, everyone was saying, go classic, go all green. And I think I think they'll listen to that. So I think maybe it will be a tease. I hope it's a tease uh, and we go with something all green. Yeah, I, I was making sure we're on the same page there. The other thing that I wanted to mention that's not related to on-the-field stuff is just a reminder for everybody that this game is being called on Fox by Gus Johnson, who I love dearly, and Joel Klatt, who I hate dearly. Uh, so if you guys want to do what I've done many times in the past, uh, this is a, a hot tip for you. I'm sure many people, this is an original, but... Um, Put the game on the TV, mute the game, and give yourself a little George Blaha on the radio call. Uh, that's something I've done many times. Joel Klatt is just unbearable at this point. I don't know if you guys saw his Colin Coward appearance about how if if trouble with the snap, just one snap of the ball, then all of a sudden Jim Harbaugh would have won the the Big Ten. He would be in the playoff which just assumes that, you know, of course they would have beaten Iowa. Of course they would have run the table and, you know, not lost by 40 points to Ohio state. Like they did that year. It's, it's just hilarious. The, the mental gymnastics that guy goes through to, to support Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. But uh, outside of that, again, you guys know my thoughts. Uh, I, if you guys were listening to 990 WBOB, I already made my prediction for this game. I'm going to stick to my guns there. I'm going Michigan state 28 Michigan 
24. I think, like TJ said, it's going to come down to a couple big plays. Uh, maybe we break out another flea flicker. Uh, maybe we we do what I said earlier this year, break out the back-to-back flea, flea flicker. That's something they'll never see coming. Uh, but we've had an entire bye week to to prepare solely for this game. I think that factor is huge. We've had 14 days to sit in the film room, 14 days to go out onto the practice field, 14 days to do nothing but prepare for this game. I think Mel Tucker is going to have these guys absolutely foaming at the mouth to go out there and hit somebody. And it's not only Mel Tucker. Like I said, we have Courtney Hawkins, who has played in this rivalry before. He's going to have those guys amped up and ready to go. Harlem Barnett, who has played in this rivalry before. He's going to have those guys amped up and ready to go. As if the Michigan State defense backs need an excuse to go out there and hit somebody, well, their position coach is is going to get them fired up for this one in a, in a group that is already physical as is. I think the defense is just going to be lights out, and I think put a hold on this Michigan running game enough that we're going to force Cade McNamara to, to make a couple throws, make a couple mistakes, and, and maybe get an interception or two, give ourselves some good field position, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think the Michigan State defense is the one that makes a couple plays to win this game for us. All right. And for the record, the over-under right now sits at 50. So, TJ, you had 51. Kevin, you have 52. Both taking the over by a hair. Um, I went a little lower earlier this week, 24 to 20 Michigan State, and I'm sticking with that. I think scoring is going to be tough in this one. Uh, it always is, and this it, it feels like in a game like this, defenses just have a little bit more bend in them before they uh, let the other team break through, get a couple stops, maybe get a turnover here and there. So I think we'll see that again, low-scoring game, 24-20 Michigan State. I want to see how these seniors do in this game. You've got guys like Xavier Henderson, Jacob Panashuk, Uh, Connor Hayward, who has had a knack for things against Michigan. He had two of our touchdowns last year. Um, Luke Campbell, I think, is in his seventh game against Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) We mentioned earlier this year, we thought Connor Hayward at some point this season was going to have like the game, right? Where the other team, they have a perfect game plan against Naylor and Reed. They have a perfect game plan to contain Kenneth Walker and maybe make Peyton Thorne uncomfortable. But one of these games... Connor Hayward is going to be the missing link in their game plan where they think, ah, it's just Connor Hayward. Just, you know, put a guy on him in man in space. It'll take care of itself. One of these games, he's going to go for like six receptions, 110 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Is this the game we said earlier this year, we think this might be the one and uh, we'll watch for that. Definitely. I want to see how the seniors do. Jacob Panashuk may be the most hated man in Ann Arbor right now. He has just done a phenomenal job getting under their skin over the last five years. Um, He certainly knows that and he's going to use that to his advantage. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think this MSU team with the woodshed uh, behind them the whole way gets it done by four covers under a tough game. There might be a little rain. Um, I was, I was keeping an eye on the forecast. Looks like it's going to be right around 50 degrees and drizzly early in the day. So keep an eye on the weather. Um, maybe a phenomenal excuse for uh, the inevitable trip back to Ann Arbor. So we all have Michigan state, probably not a surprise given the (laughs) podcast you're listening to right now, but, uh, but that's the way it worked itself out. So uh, anything else before we check out, guys? My, I'll, I'll give TJ a second here too, but my parting thought is just a frustration of the national media that it, it's not even any disrespect or anything. It's just the idea that Michigan State is just like, 
hey, they've exceeded expectations. They're just happy to be here. Like as if expectations don't change week to week throughout the season that, you know, the Michigan State team and coaching staff saw a four and a half Vegas win total. And they said, you know what? We already got past that. This is great. We don't really need to win any more games. We're just happy the way things are. I, I've seen that narrative played out so many times on Twitter and in listening to national podcasts and reading national articles, and it's driving me insane. I, I think this Michigan State coaching staff team inside the walls of that building, this team wants to run the table, win the Big Ten, and win a national championship. And you might think that that's outlandish, and as the media, they don't really think that way because most of them didn't play sports ever in their lives, but I, that narrative has just drove me crazy that Michigan has something to play for and Michigan state is just happy to be here. Uh, that drives me nuts. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah. My, my parting thought was similar to that. I'm going to lean into this rivalry a little bit and just the, the media coverage kind of like Kevin was saying, um, it's just like why Michigan we're both seven and zero, right? Why, why is Michigan ceiling? beat Ohio state bit win the big 10 and be a college football playoff, be in the college football playoff and contend for a national championship. Whereas our ceiling is it's for some reason, arbitrarily lower than that. Like, sure. We're, we're a younger program. We're in our infancy of this rebuild or whatever you want to call it, but all of our goals are still in front of us. We beat Michigan. We have a chance against, I mean, functionally, we probably don't have a chance against Ohio state, but technically speaking we do and have a chance to go to Indianapolis win the Big Ten and win the college football playoff and like Kevin said this this team wants all of that they want to play for all of that every time they go out on the field that's that's what they're shooting for but for some reason the media doesn't think that that's actually an attainable goal for us even though if if things fall the right way it is but for Michigan that's their goals are right in front of them but we're we're just a, a couple of them for some reason and I don't quite understand why so um, I'm excited for this rivalry. I'm excited for this game. And I, I hope we come out on the other side with a result that we like. We're seven to zero, and we haven't played our best game yet. I just, we haven't played a great all around football game. And so when that ceiling conversation is, is so frustrating. Well, guys, I think this is exactly where this rivalry thrives, right? The things that you guys just said, some media overlooking us an inexplicable touchdown for extra touchdown for Michigan uh, on the line. Um, it's in Spartan stadium. There might be a little weather factor here. Um, both teams are, are really evenly matched, but maybe Michigan's getting a little extra credit for it. The fan bases are at each other's throats. Michigan's ex players, Taylor, the Wands out there on Twitter, bringing up oh, little, God. little brother when he went one and four in the rivalry I mean, it's, it's exactly what this rivalry is. It is the epitome of this rivalry. It is everything you could possibly want in this game. And in those moments over the last 20 years, Michigan State has gotten it done because they have more to play for when Michigan is sitting there thinking they're superior. And to, to the credit of the team down the road, I think they do have their head on straight a little bit better this year than what I've seen in years past because I think they got burned and embarrassed last year coming into that game and um, one of the players, it might've been Daxton Hill admitted that they overlooked us last year and uh, Instinct, they're not right. going to, what's that?
Vincent Gray. Uh, not, was... But I think that these types of games, they just give Michigan State a little bit of extra juice that nobody sees coming, and nobody outside the walls of, uh, of the Scandalera Center can really understand what that means to this team uh, and the way that they get up for it. And, and I think they get up for it again. They get it done. And like I said, this is exactly what this rivalry is built around. It's got every ingredient to be an all-time matchup for the rivalry. And this is one that when you're looking back on the history of this rivalry, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it's going to be circled. Just like that 1964 game we've been talking about. Just like the 2015 game. Just like the 2008 game. I mean, these are games we're going to remember. And uh, even if this is a blowout, even if it's not a very competitive game one way or another, you're going to have a top 10 matchup on the books forever. And, uh, and, and I think that's a really special moment to have in our stadium in front of our fans, especially given everything that's gone on the last two years, I couldn't be more excited. I got to stop talking about this matchup. I'm starting to shake. This is what happens to me this week. We got two more days, boys, two more days and, and three hours to, to get through until we finally see how this one plays out. All right, guys. Well, let's, let's get out of here, TJ. We appreciate you joining us and, and uh, speaking for the fans here with your picks. Uh, it, it's going to be a blast. I hope everybody enjoys it. As we've said before, the PSA have fun, but don't, you know, know where the line is. We we've, we've been in this rivalry long enough. Don't do anything stupid out there, uh, but enjoy the game. If you're going, I'm really jealous of you. And, and I hope you enjoy, if you're not going, I hope the, the couch is comfy, the beer is cold and, and all of that. So Really excited to to get this one kicked off. I might post this one a little early for the people. You know, it's Michigan week, and and we've struggled with some bad audio all week. Finally, it's it's come to fruition. Of course, at the worst time, as it always does. But um, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, and as a reward, maybe we'll post this one a little bit early for you. So if you're listening to this before Friday, you you already know that it was posted early. But um, we'll have to see about that if if you guys are on your best behavior. Um, hope everybody enjoys, like I said, uh, until next Monday, <laughs> go green, go white, take care folks. <laughs>